I know that I've been away for a couple of weeks, and so we put a pause on the series that we were in called Kingdom Principle, and we want to continue that series today. Uh, just to refresh us all, let me remind you that Kingdom Principles are spiritual guidelines or spiritual laws uh, that govern the kingdom of God. And we have seen that in order for all of us to live a life that pleases God and that causes us to be blessed, we must structure our life around these kingdom principles. Because if we don't, if we choose to ignore these kingdom principles, then what winds up happening is not only will our life not please God, but then we will forfeit the blessings that can come into our lives as a result of aligning them up with these kingdom principles. So I want to get right into the kingdom principle that we have uh, today, and that's found in the Gospel of Matthew because we've been taking a little journey through the Gospel of Matthew because Matthew's Gospel highlights Jesus Christ as the King. And he talks a lot there, Jesus does, about the kingdom. And so we're going to look at uh, Matthew today, chapter 6, and it's going to be a little bit lengthy in reading. And so you can follow along in your Bible. If not, the verses will come up onto the screen. I'm going to begin reading in verse 19. Don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven where moths Rust and rust cannot destroy, and thieves do not break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. Your eye is a lamp that produces light for your body. When your eye is good, your whole body is filled with light. But when your eye is bad, your whole body is filled with with darkness. And if the light you think you have is actually darkness, how deep that darkness is. No one can serve two masters. Everybody say two masters. No one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food and drink or, or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Can, you, can your worries add a single moment to your life? And why, about your, and why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field, how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing. Yet Solomon, in all his glory, was not dressed as beautifully as they are. 
And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? Don't worry about these things saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously. And he will give you everything. Come on, say everything with me. Everything you need. Let's pray. Father, we come before you this morning how we need your presence, Lord. As we take a small journey through the scriptures, Lord, and we begin talking about the kingdom principle that is laid out in these verses, I pray for the guidance of the Holy Spirit right now to help me to communicate everything that you put in my heart for all of us, Father, and to do it in such a way so that every single one of us can understand, not just mentally, but more importantly, even with our hearts, oh, Father. We can respond to it accordingly, and we can live lives that will honor and glorify you, that will please you, and that will bless us. We thank you for even now in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, all right. So Jesus has been teaching his disciples. Uh, the word disciple just simply means followers. And so all the people that were following him, he has been teaching them uh, and laying out different kingdom principles. And now he addresses uh, the subject of treasures. And I've titled this message simply that one word, treasures. And by definition, you see on your screen, it treasures are that which is considered to have great value. Anything that you consider to have great value in your eyes is a treasure. And one of the things that we all will realize as we mature, as we grow older, and that is this, that life is about the pursuit of treasures. In other words, you and I, we live and work for treasures. We live and work for what we consider to have great value. And the Lord identified in this text that two types of treasures. There are only two types of treasures, two categories, if you will, for treasures. There, is, there are earthly treasures and there are heavenly treasures. Notice that in the earthly treasures, Jesus said they can be lost, they can be stolen, they can be destroyed. But heavenly treasures cannot be lost, they cannot be stolen, and they cannot be destroyed. And in verse 21, the Lord revealed the kingdom principle. Notice, let's uh, look at verse 21 real quickly, guys, if you can find that quickly and just put it back up so we can look at it. Jesus said, wherever your treasure is, there the, the, the desires of your heart will be also. 
In other words, here's the kingdom principle that that uh, verse uh, identifies, and that is this, that treasures control desires which control life. Treasures control our desires, and our desires control our life, our actions. Again, if I could even break it down even more, your treasure will dictate how you live. Whatever you treasure will wind up determining how you live, your actions, what you say, what you do, to not only accumulate that treasure, but to hold on to that treasure. And then Jesus goes on to talk about the eye. Now, it's singular there, so he's not, necessar- he's not talking about the physical eyes. He's talking about how, what we focus on. Jesus said, when you, your eye is good, your whole body is full of light. But when your eye is bad, your whole body is full of darkness. In other words, what Jesus is saying is, when the focus of your life is not on the right thing, you will not walk in light. But when your focus is on the right thing, then you will walk in light, you see. And now, Jesus said, there are people who walk around in the darkness, but they're thinking that they're in the light. And Jesus said, how great is that darkness? In other words, what Jesus is saying is there's nothing worse than someone who's walking in the darkness that thinks that he's in the light. There's nothing more pitiful than someone who thinks that they're doing the right thing and living the right way when, in fact, they're living the wrong way. He called the greatest the darkness. And Jesus went on to say, you cannot serve God and money. There are only two masters identified in the Bible. Well, I should say uh, there's a third one, but that third component falls into with this second one. Jesus said you, can, you have to choose. Either you can serve God or you can serve money. And money is also symbolic for and representative of sin, which is a master. And by definition of master means it dominates, it controls you. You don't control it, it controls you. And Jesus is telling, remember, let's remember too, he's talking to his followers, which means he's talking to all of us that have embraced Jesus Christ as our Savior. If we call ourselves Christians, if we have been born again, then we are the followers of Jesus Christ. And he is talking to us and saying, you can't serve two masters. Why? Because if you try to do that, you will love one and hate the other. They, they are constantly at war with one another for, com- for control of your life and your heart. That's why the Bible tells us in 1 Timothy, in chapter 6, verse 10, listen, for the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. And some people craving money have wandered from the true faith and pierced themselves with many sorrows. So Jesus is saying these earthly treasures now, he identifies them as money. 
earthly treasures are, is identified here by in, this, in, in our text by Jesus as money. Now, let me explain what I'm talking about there. Uh, he's talking about the fact that when money is the focus in your life, it will begin to dictate and control your life. Everything you do will be for the accumulation of money. And by the way, when we talk about money, we're talking about what it can buy the possessions that you can accumulate by it, the comfortableness of life that you can achieve as a result of having it, you see. So, and, and we live in a society that is driven by that. We live in a world that is driven by that, that, that the goal is always to achieve, to attain greater status, to store up for ourselves this earthly treasure. Why? Because then we could have the comfortable life that we are aspiring to. Then we could have the life that we dream of. But Jesus said, when that happens, there's something that transpires physically, excuse me, spiritually. When your focus is on earthly treasures, you hate God. I didn't say that. Jesus said that. All of a sudden now, because you can't serve two masters. If you wind up Having money as your master, you cannot have Jesus as your master. And when Jesus is your master, you cannot have money as your master. We cannot allow, in other words, money to control our lives. Because when it does, we fall into darkness, you see. You can't serve two masters. We have to choose which of the treasures we are going to store up. Life is about you and I constantly choosing what treasures we are going to store up. What treasures we're going to live for. What treasures we're going to serve, in other words. Now, remember Jesus said, Earthly treasures can be lost, stolen, or destroyed. Whatever we can name in this life that represents earthly treasures, whatever money can buy, isn't it accurate just as the Bible says? Jesus said, no matter what you think, no matter how secure you think you will be when you're pursuing money, saying this will buy, give me security, that security could be gone in a moment. And haven't we seen that over the last year and a half? How because of COVID, whole companies have shut down? What people thought were secure jobs are gone? Because we can lose it in a moment. The car that you worked so hard to get, I finally got the car of my dreams. And then you wake up in the morning and somebody busted in your garage and your car dream is gone. Stolen. I remember one of my dreams as a young man was to own a new car. I mean, my first car was a, was a lemon. It really was bad. I poured so much money into that used car. I, I paid double what I paid for the car in trying to fix it constantly and finally had to get rid of that. And my first 
new car. I was so happy. I thought, finally made it. I got my car. Now, it was a Toyota Corolla. It was a two-door Toyota Corolla. It had no air conditioning. It was a standard stick, not automatic. It had an AM radio only because I didn't want any radio. And the guy said, it comes with an AM radio. I can't take it out. I said, I don't want it. I don't want to pay for it. He said, well, I'll give it to you. So it only had an AM radio in it. Uh, and this car, I paid $2,500 for. But see, I was in heaven. I got a new car. And I had, in the uh, place that I lived, I had my own parking spot, place in the lot. And one winter morning, I owned the car less than six months. And I was walking to my spot, and I didn't see my car. And the closer I got, I started seeing glass. And then I finally saw the front door, you know, it has a rubber uh, uh, gasket over the front window. And that was what was left of my car. I picked that up and said, my car! And they found it two weeks later, totally stripped. It was just a shower. See, it doesn't matter what you can name in this life. The house of your dreams, the car of your dreams, the clothes, everything could be lost, stolen, or destroyed. That's what Jesus was telling the people. And he said, but the heavenly treasure, now that can't be lost. That can't be destroyed. That can't be stolen. And may I add this, Jesus said this, because we have to drive this point home. This is equally important. Jesus said this, when you are uh, uh, looking at earthly treasures, when you're storing up for yourselves earthly treasures, here is something that's going to be produced in your life, whether you realize it or not, whether you want it or not. It's coming. And it's called worry. Worry. Now, just so that we're all on the same page, by definition, worry is a state of mind that is anxious, troubled, or concerned. Anxious, troubled, or concerned. Now, Jesus said, when you worry, he said, it's useless to worry because by worrying, you can't change the situation. If you are concerned about or worry about how you're going to make it financially, worrying is not going to make your situation any better. It's not going to prove your situation any better. It's useless. All that worry does is impact you spiritually. It never helps you physically, you see. And uh, Pastor Joey last week was preaching about us being identified by our fruit. How many remember that, right? It was talking about being identified by our fruit. Well, whether we like it or not, the presence of worry in our lives affirms that we are, in fact, storing up earthly treasures. That's harsh, Pastor. It might be harsh, but it's the truth. If we're always focused about money, 
and how we're going to make it. And we are worried about how we're going to pay the, the bills next week and all of these other things. Then that is a sure sign. It's evidence that our focus, our eye, is on storing up earthly treasures. That's why the Lord's instructions for all his followers and all includes you and I, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously. That's the instruction that the Lord gave to all his followers. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously. Make sure, in other words, that you are storing up heavenly treasures. That must be your focus, that your top priority in life, uh, uh, what you consider of great value, is serving God's purpose. That's what Jesus was talking about. Because when we serve God's purpose, when that becomes our focus, it will help us to live righteously. Now, when we talk about living righteously, let's make sure we're all on the same page again. Living righteously means this. I am living my life and structuring my life based upon what's right in God's eyes. See, a lot of people confuse righteousness by I'm doing what I believe is right. Well, what you believe is right may not be right according to God. You can't live your life based upon what others believe is right because what they believe is right might not be right in God's eyes. You and I are charged by God, are exhorted by God to live our lives righteously, meaning we need to structure our life based upon what is right in God's eyes. And I want to say this with all grace and humility. I want you to really hear my heart with this. We need to make sure, brothers and sisters, that we are storing up heavenly treasures, that we are using financial resources that are in our hands to bring about God's purpose here on the earth. The reason why I say that is, again, the deception. Remember, we think that we're in the light, but then in reality, we're in the dark, Jesus said. We got to make sure that the eye is good. Because the eye is good, then uh, the focus is right, then our life, our body will be in the light. Here's the darkness that many confuse with the light. If I serve God in ministry, I don't have to serve God with my money. In other words, there are many believers who struggle with this and they're they're faithful in serving God. Man, they're, they're, they're on the worship team and they're faithful every Sunday. They bless us with their ability to sing and to, and to worship God and to lead us into the throne of grace. There's no question about that their intention in that regard. Yet, as Pastor Joey mentioned last week, beneath the surface, they're living in the darkness because there's a vital component of their life where they refuse to store up in heaven. And that's their financial resources. How do I know that? The sad statistic, 90% of God's people refuse to tithe. 
Listen, the Bible teaches us that we are commanded by God to bring 10% of our income into his storehouse. That's storing up treasure in heaven. And it comes with a promise that God will in turn bless us and provide everything that we need. Knowing that, 90% of God's people still struggle with that. And many try to appease their conscience by saying, but I'm serving God faithfully in ministry. I I faithfully attend service. I I faithfully pray. I'm in the prayer meeting praying. And my heart cries out to you because I want you to see, yeah, you're doing all of that, but you're doing all of that and you're deceived because you think that you're in the right place with God when you're not. We cannot substitute one area of disobedience by obedience in another. You hear what I'm talking now? We think, oh, 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 as long as I'm doing this, I'm still okay before God. And Jesus said, when that happens, how great is your darkness that you think that that's fine with me? No? Listen, finances are the biggest struggle, always have been. In fact, we've had many places in the Bible where God told his own people, you're robbing me. The thing that I asked you to bring into my storehouse, you refuse to bring. So this is not something new where God's people struggle with. And yet we fail to see the more we try to hold on to these things and and the more we invest and store up in, in this earthly treasures, the fewer blessings that we have in our life. And the more we displease God. And so my encouragement to all of us here today is let's honor God. Let's serve God with all the resources he puts in our hands. Not just our abilities to serve physically in ministry, which all of us, by the way, ought to be doing that since in one capacity or another. God's called all of us to serve. No one is called just to sit and do nothing in God's kingdom. We're all called to serve. We're also all called to serve God with our tithes and our offerings. Now, what's the difference between a tithe and an offering? Can I just take a moment here to teach this for a moment? Tithing is 10% of your income. That belongs to God. It should be coming to God. And if you get paid bi-weekly, then God should be, you should be tithing bi-weekly. Then offerings are anything over and above the tithe. For instance, when we uh, talk about sur- uh, uh, supporting missions here, where we ask for faith promises, which is separate from our tithe, how much do we want to commit monthly to, to the kingdom of God to see missions go forth, to, to send out missionaries and support them so that they can do the work God's called them to do? That's an offering. Now, people will say, ah, that's all a lot to do. If you're looking at it from the perspective of earthly treasures, you're correct. See, the thing is, where is your eye? Because if your eye is focused on heavenly treasures, Jesus, store it up there. It pays dividends up there. It grows up there. No one can steal it up there. In other words, it's not a question of building my life here. It's about building God's kingdom. And when we build God's kingdom, notice Jesus said, seek the kingdom of God 
above all else, that's top priority, verse 33, and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. In other words, the promise that Jesus laid out for his followers is that, guys, if you stop focusing on building your life here on this earth and, and, and doing everything you got to do to, to get those earthly treasures that, that you're uh, desiring, if you shift away from that and focus on what does God want me to do in this life? How does God want me to serve him? Not just with my talent, but also, God, my financial resources. What am I supposed to do with that? How am I supposed to serve you with that? If you obey God and follow God on that, then you are storing up treasures in heaven, and then you are positioned yourself for God meeting your need. And notice, if you can give me verse 33 back up, guys, I'd appreciate it. Notice the Bible says there, Jesus saying, and he will give you everything. Come on, say everything with me. Everything. One more time. Everything you need. Amen. Now, last word on there. Everything you need. Let's face it, you and I have a skewed view of what needs are. See, I need the newest phone. I need a new car. I need filet mignon. I need designer clothes. We all have, look at me that way, just because I, I need that doesn't mean that I'm wrong. See, you and I, we all have standards of what we need, an idea in our mind of what our needs are. And God has other things in mind. Remember the new car I tell you I wanted so desperately? After that one was stolen, I couldn't afford a new car again, so I got a, another used car that God blessed me with, and it ran fine. Nothing was wrong with it. And then one day I walked into a new car dealership, and I made the mistake of sitting in the car. You know, new cars, they have the aroma of hell in them, don't you know that? <laughs> That aroma that says, yeah, take me home. Yeah, you look good in this car. Yeah, I can see you driving it. And as God is my witness, I was seriously thinking of buying that car. And all of a sudden, I heard the gentle whisper of the voice of God. And this is what I heard. What is wrong with the car I gave you? And I knew in that moment I was undone. <laughs> right? There's nothing wrong with the car. Yeah, yeah, but it's not a new car, God. See, I promise I would give you everything you need. You may not have everything you want, but you have everything you need. 
you see. I also remember worship team of you would come that when I first came on staff in New York Church in New York, I took a two-thirds pay cut because I believe God told me this is what you were to do. And I struggled with that because I said, wow, how can I survive God? And God said, I will take care of everything you need. And in the beginning, my wife and I had to make some major adjustments in our life. No more filet mignon. From now on, it was going to be chicken. Well, in those days, chicken was cheap. Now, forget about it. <laughs> right? And we just started restructuring our life. And at one point, and in those days, our church, the pastors were always suited up. Midweek service, Sunday service, wore suits and ties. I had one suit. And I'm like, God, I got to keep wearing the same suit. Now that's pride, isn't it? Because only we care about those things. But God, who's so rich in mercy, told me, I will take care of your needs. And that week, right before our prayer meeting, I had a knock on the door in my office. And a sister from the church came in and said, Pastor, my husband is a vice president in Tropicana Orange Juice. And uh, quite frankly, he makes a very good living and he only wears suits for one year. And then he gets all new suits. I've got three suits here that are like brand new that he all wear. Do you think you could find somebody in the church that could use them? I said, what size is your husband? And she told me, I said, those are my size. He goes, they're yours. I looked at those suits, and again, I heard the gentle whisper of God. I said, I promised to take care of your needs. I've served God over 30 years in the ministry, and He has never, ever, failed to meet our needs. I thank God that in this church we've had some tough times, but one of the things that we have always felt from God we are not going to hold back on supporting missions. We may go through some struggle, we may have to do without, but we will not stop supporting God's servants. And God has always been faithful to see us through and everything that we need. I'm sharing all of these simple uh, uh, testimonies because, brothers and sisters, you can't outgive God. And, and this principle, uh, uh, this, these treasures, what we consider uh, to have great value, you and I both know, man, our hearts can get swayed so easily media, commercials, everything is geared to get you to go after something in this life, to start pursuing something and storing up for yourself things. That's why the Lord's instruction for all of us is you got to seek my kingdom first. I will add everything that you need.
We need to make sure that we are storing up heavenly treasures, that our priority in life is serving Jesus Christ, that we consider that of great value. There was a young man in the scriptures that Jesus spoke about. He came to Jesus and he said, Jesus, what do I need to experience eternal life? And Jesus said, well, you know the scriptures, you know, honor your mother, your father, you shall love the Lord with all your heart, your soul, your, your mind. And he goes on and the young man said, I've done all of those things. What do I still lack? Which indicated the young man thought there was a lack in his heart. And Jesus knew exactly what it was. He said, here's the one thing you still lack. Sell everything that you have and give it all to the poor and then come follow me. Listen, that's what Matthew 19, 21. I'm a, let the scripture come up. Jesus told him, if you want to be perfect, go and sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor and you will have what? Treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. So now he's got a choice, a decision to make. Sadly, he walked away sad. For the Bible says he was wealthy. See, he had all the earthly treasures. But I want you to see something. He had all earthly treasures, plus he was a religious guy in that he was doing his best to obey all the law of Moses, but yet he still realized, I lacked something. Which a final thought for us is this. When you pursue, when you and I get caught up in pursuing earthly treasures, it produces an emptiness in our hearts. Because only God can fill our spirit and make us whole. Only the presence of the Lord can satisfy our soul. But sadly, that young man made a decision that day. He said, I'd rather be empty and with money than to have treasure in heaven and no money. I pray today that you and I will not make that decision, that our choice would be, I'm gonna be the person, the follower of Jesus that stores up heavenly treasures so that I can then be positioned for God to meet all of my needs. Stand with me, please.